Ready, down, put, 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 put. Scanning. Control. Manipulate scientific data. Take over, blast, control, world government. Shut down infrastructure. Ship everything to China. Look at this person. Welcome to the latest episode of the XFL InfoWars show. It is Dave and Greg, and uh, we took a week off last week uh, for for a number of reasons, mostly for me because I needed to kind of step away from the computer. And uh, also, too, it kind of gave us an opportunity for this week to kind of compare and contrast um, the XFL from last week to this week. And uh, so that's what we're going to talk about today. Dave, how you doing, brother? buddy? I'm doing well, thank you. How about yourself? Good, man. Good. I was uh, just. I'm waiting right now for uh, our our recording to get interrupted by. Uh, it's it's election season here in Japan, and uh, they do campaigns differently. Obvious, um, much different than we do them back home. But yeah, trucks drive around literally with loudspeakers and scream out slogans. It's like, um, you know, you mentioned to me before we hit the record button. It's much like that scene in Blues Brothers where they have the big. Uh, they're going around. Uh, telling everybody where to go see the concert at and uh, <laughs> with the loudspeaker on the truck. So yeah, you see a lot of that here. And uh, yeah, that's kind of the cool thing here about uh, the, the way life is. I mean, elections last a short while. Um, la- elections last a short while. You hear slogans. I don't know. And it's a nice thing too. Here, I can tune out politics. It's awesome. I mean, I'm more tuned in, unfortunately, as to what's going on back home. Um, but at least I can, I don't have, I don't have, uh, I don't have cable. I cut the cord, you know, we're here, so we don't have, I mean, I have internet, so I can pick and choose what I want to watch. And so I go to my standard, you know, I watch either CBS or NBC nightly news on, on either YouTube or the CBS app. And then I watch the Kimmel monologue on YouTube daily and now i'm going to go back to the daily show because now things are kicking into high gear so I, between that i get all the information i need other than also to what pops up on my phone so um and so i don't know i'm uh yeah that's just kind of the awesome thing about living here i'm never quite out of touch but there are days where i can literally go i'm glad i'm not home and after yep. everything that's going on in new york the last uh couple days i'm like oh it's popping all up on my Facebook feed too. So I posted one thing, a, a meme. It was a joke. Um, and people lost their goddamn minds. You know, yep. I've laid off my XFL memes. Cause it's like, you know, I'm like, if I do, you know, I can only pound on the league and the rock so much. Um, but I am, I'm, I'm here to tell you, I don't think I told you this, uh, but I have gotten banned from, countless xfl fan page groups for my memes just commenting on attendance and 
where are the people? Where are the yeah. people? So anybody who's out there is listening that's banned me, hey, thank you, because I kind of take that as a uh, validation that I'm getting the point across. And uh, yeah. so, but yeah, it's, you know, talking about the league itself, I mean, last week when we talked, or wasn't two weeks ago now, two weeks ago when we talked, I made them, I, I misspoke when it, I was talking about people in the United States watching TV the old-fashioned way. Well, after we hit the stop the stop button, I kicked everything out. I went back and I did some research, and I, I did not realize that how many people are switching over to antenna the old-fashioned way of cutting the cord. So I, I did not realize that, and I misspoke, and anybody out there got pissed off at me for not, hey, you know, I'm, I wish people would have called me out on it because um, that would have been a night. At least let us know people are listening too. that would have been kind of cool. Um, but, yeah, I didn't realize how many people are, how many people in the States are really cutting the cord. I know we cut the cord here. So we have an aerial and then we have the Internet. Um, but, um, yeah. So but with that said, the XFL was on ABC and had rel- for, for the XFL. This version had relatively decent ratings. Oh no! Yeah, certainly, um, and and they had some they had some um, good time. I mean, I, I thought the they were able to get some good time slots. I mean, the Saturday one p.m. really wasn't much uh, competition at that time that right. day for the for the Seattle Orlando game, and it was it was a good game. Yeah, um, and then they followed followed up with the the traditional Sunday afternoon the San Antonio Arlington game, which I mean, it was a close score-wise. Um, I, I know I'm not sure necessarily if it was a 15-9 was an entertaining game. It was close, um, but they, they had very good ratings. I mean, yeah. and, and that's what that's what I mean. It's a Sunday afternoon. People, that's a traditional time. People tune in to watch football, right? Too. And do you think too? I mean, weather probably affects it too a little bit because if it's nice out especially this time of year people are getting the hell out of out of the house because they've been sitting inside all winter like yeah no i'm i'm going to i'm going to go play with the kids or we're going to get out to, and do something outside versus you know sit at home and watch tv if it's a nice day i'm just thinking for me i know you know right now it's been you know the other day i it was nice out i hopped on the train and went down to the ocean for for about an hour oh, nice. and uh but if it would have been crappy, I would have been inside watching TV. So mm-hmm. it, um, I think that plays a lot into it. But just seeing, just uh, you know, I was happy to see that the ratings increase. It's like, okay, well, maybe, maybe going the, the network route is the way to go. But realistically, I mean, I don't know if that's going to be what the ex- happens with ultimately with the XFL, though. I mean, it really come down to what the network wants. I mean, Disney will have the ultimate decision on what games and when would go on ABC uh, based on availability and what the, how that partnership is designed. So yeah, um, it'd be interesting. I mean, we've, we've both seen the chatter on how um, for next season, the XFL needs more primetime games or more games on ABC. They need more games on good times on ABC or, or ESPN. The, yeah, uh, the flagship station. But that, yeah, that's. Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree, but their those schedules are done. 
I mean, they're 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 talking. I mean, the, I mean, the major obviously the major events are booked years and years in advance, and then it's a big puzzle when you can mm-hmm. put in program when you, when you can get a three hour slot on a, on a Saturday, um, depending on. I mean, granted, now we're getting past the NCAA tournament, but there's still other other things, and the question will always remain. Um, at the end of the day, um, does ABC want to put a game on Saturday night at 7 p.m., or do they want to run a movie that that is traditionally generates? or 5 million people to watch that movie. And that's got to be a decision that's worked out between the XFL and Disney on how they program next year. And that's yeah. one of that. That's the, that's the negative of not, of coming to the networks and looking for partners. They found a partner in Disney, but they need to figure out how that partnership will show games because I don't think anybody's thought FX was a success this year. Right. And also, too, I mean, I think, too, it, I mean, the XFL needs Disney more than Disney needs the XFL at this point. And for streaming, let's say, for, for, for streaming sports, ESPN Plus is, is the main player. I mean, we have CBS Sports, and I need to kind of figure that out. I think you can get CBS Sports if you have Paramount Plus, too, uh, which is something I need to figure out here with my VPN and everything is what we approach um, football season for, cause I got to see my Navy games. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm just, yeah, it's the, the whole thing with, with it, with the way the schedule's laid out and everything, it just seems like to me, and you, you and I have had this discussion, things just have been put together kind of at the last minute. And it just, it just seemed like it was not well planned out. So hopefully this year they have learned but really then we have then then we have the issue too then of the ratings for this week that completely tanked yes i mean they were not on abc but they were on channels that a lot of people still have but it, then it goes back to the other discussion we had about people cutting the cord how many people you know cable subscribership is declining satellite dish is declining because nobody wants to pay those damn fees and obviously regional networks are dying too. So, um, yeah, I mean, aside from them going to say like a side channel for those who, okay. So here's the thing for those people that are listening and hopefully it's a lot more than, than five people. And I, we, we have more than five people listening, but we just like to joke about that. But you know, if you've got, if you've got an aerial and you've got a TV, you've got side channels, not just, you know, it's not like the old days where you got five channels. I mean, you literally have 50 some channels that are available over the air. So the question is, is would ABC or ESPN create a side channel for a lot of the big markets? So for Chicago, for instance, you know, who, I mean, I could see there come a day where ABC decides, hey, let's have a side channel for ABC ESPN sports to show select games. So maybe that's, maybe that's going to be the wave of the future. Um, I know when you, before you and I talked online, you know, a shameless plug here for this kid who is called the antenna man on YouTube TV. So if you want, if you're thinking about cutting the cord and you don't know how to do it, 
go watch this kid's videos because this kid is just awesome. Um, he loves to help people. I've learned so much from him. And much like you, man, I grew up in the day when all we, I didn't have cable TV till I got to college. And even then there was only 50 some channels. But when I grew up, you know, in central Illinois, we had an aerial TV and, uh, yeah. So it's just interesting now how the old technology is coming back, mm-hmm. is, is coming back into play. It, it, it really had come down. I think it really come down to at the end of the day, the, the number of eyes they have on it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we talked, we talked about this a, a couple of shows ago, how when you look at subscriber bases, there's actually more people who have FX available to them than ESPN. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it really, it really will come down to um, as long as the deal with Disney is good. Right. I don't see them going, I mean, good being whatever that means. So they, I mean, uh, is Disney paying them and they're getting ad space or they're getting it? Like, I don't know what don't know what the deal is, but obviously it's a deal that they took. So it's it's what how are they how will that change from this year to next year to increase their revenue opportunities? Yeah. 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 And uh and then there's the other question of how the USFL is gonna impact it. So it's gonna be interesting looking at the numbers because you know on social media, XFL social media and USFL social media, everybody has become a numbers expert and a ratings expert. And, um, yeah, I don't think I was wrong. You know, I mean, I put it out there. I mean, Jim Larson over at pro over at pro, um, over at XFL newsroom put out and and he, and he does a wonderful job, but I'm like, we got too much wishful thinking going on here. You've got to, I mean, bottom line, the numbers are low. And I know everybody is trying to be positive about things, but I think at the end of the day, I mean, to me, I just, I want, I want people to ask the hard questions and it just doesn't seem like anybody is asking the hard questions to the league. You don't hear anything from Danny coming out other than PR spin. Um, You know, I mean, to, to, to use a comparison, so right now, fortunately, we don't have anything in the XFL that's happening with my with my with my beloved Cardinals right now, because right now in Arizona you've got a situation that's about blowing up, and it's going to be you know if Roselle uh, Roselle that tells you how old I am man if Goodell doesn't uh, doesn't doesn't do what he needs to do on this and obviously this is just in the beginning phases. Um, and just pits out a lot of PR spin. People are going to call them out. And it, it's if they have, I guess I look at it like like the whole situation with the Commanders. Yeah. Once you're able to get twenty four owners who wants him out, mm-hmm. then you got change. Yeah. But. Unfortunately, from the time of Roselle to the time of Goodell, the power structure within the NFL has changed where Pete Roselle was stronger than the owners. Yeah. To where now the owner is saying, look, 
you do what we want, mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna get rewarded, which right. is getting handsomely rewarded because they're all getting handsomely rewarded mm-hmm. by all the dealers doing. So Goodell is 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 basically the the mouthpiece and he can do so much. Yeah. He can do so much. I mean, there's no owner. I mean, the, the whole commanders thing is just a just a just a it's clusterfuck. Well, it's a, it, it, it's a complete example of how all these all these owners are all so protective of themselves because if this happens to this guy, it could happen to me. Right. So they're all, regardless of the horrible things Daniel Snyder has done over the course of his ownership, they're all going to do the best they can to protect him until it's not benefiting them to protect him anymore, which it is, isn't. And now that now it's at the point where you got to go. Yeah. And yeah. he's got to go under the fact of we got to get X, Y, Z because this also affects all of us. So they're going to, they're going to let him cash out and make five or $6 million compared to what he paid for the, or five or $6 billion for what he paid for the team Right, because that that's gonna look favorably for the rest of them. Like where, like it just it, it's it's just it's wild. It's just a wild situation where they look after each other until it's not beneficial to look after each other. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so who, who knows? I mean, the the Arizona thing is is just. I I saw that. I was just like, wow. Like it's. Well, I I don't know. I mean, that's the whole. I, you know, it's it's my team, and I'm. Uh, it's it's funny because Joe Zimba just sat down with the Cardinals about their history and everything, and then I saw that pop up, and I haven't talked to Joe about his thoughts on. And, and Joe is such a gentleman. I mean, there's really. I mean, he's so focused on history that. Yeah, I'm sure he doesn't have any thoughts, but then you look at it through the lens of history, and it's like, man, just how. How far have we come? But then again, I'm thinking, has this always been? I mean, there's always been shenanigans with the owners too. I mean, Carol Rosenblum, um, uh, Carol Rosenblum, who else? Palace. I mean, there's always been something. But now we live in such a day and age where everything's out in the open and everything's legal too. So I mean, you, you know, it, I mean, cameras in the courtroom were unheard of. I mean, there's, twenty there, years there's, ago. There, yeah, there, there's well, there's so many people that work for the team now. Yeah. So you're you're not you're looking at hundreds of people where say in the seventies it was thirty. Mm-hmm. So I mean you could I mean I will I will gladly take back if it's not true, but shenanigans were happening in the sixties and seventies and eighties, just mm-hmm. like it's happening today. Obviously not on the economic scale that it is today. Right. But it was also a lot easier to bury. Yeah, you could you could sweep so much under the rug. Um, yeah, the whole cocaine problem is a good example. That got swept up under the rug till they couldn't ignore it anymore. Same with yeah. gambling, you know. And what did the NFL do? Embrace gambling, but they couldn't have embraced gambling, say, forty years ago when the player salaries sucked. So they're only able to embrace bat gambling because of the financial there's more financial and disincentive for these guys to get involved with gambling now than it is to get involved with gambling. You well, know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, and I think there's also a societal change in how they uh, how you look at gambling. Right. Some from say where it was in the in the sixties when when Paul Horning and Alex Karras were getting were getting sucked up in that um to where it is today it was I mean, even Pete Rose. Mm -hmm. You look at that, and that's just around forty years ago now. How how that looked it was a gambling was looked upon as evil. Yeah. And now ga gambling is looked upon eating breakfast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's just uh, we've come so far. Hey, we've come so far. <laughs> but 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 tie but tying it back into what you're saying about the XFL and they've been very they've been very selective. Yeah. And and what they've said, who they said it to, like I said, I I love to find that USA Today story. I think I'm gonna send some to you on it when uh, there's gotta be a connection there some way. Like because it was such a it was such an interesting article in the aspect it was such a glowing endorsement of the league. Yeah. And no one else has covered it. Like like I I would have expected if I would have saw that, like four or five more outlets pick up something like right ESPN sending someone out there like whoever whoever that would be to do something else on a sports center you know how they how they break up sports centers they do like these little stories or or something like that but yeah it was just a weird one off that was not like picked yeah. up usually you know, I mean yeah I'm reading I'm reading that article I'm like okay where did this come from hey okay it must have been a slow news day, but then you just go into detail. And it's like, this looks like this was written by one of the news hub organizations. Um, and I'm like, okay, because that happened. Mark Perry put out an article about who is Dwayne Johnson, and it was a glowing. And it's like, all right, dude, come on, uh, stop, S stop. I mean, we know who he is. Why are you writing this? I, you know, what is the point of this article? And that's kind of how, I mean, but I know the point of the reason why XFL News Hub does things the way they do. But with USA Today, I don't get where they were coming from because it didn't ask. Again, I like hard-hitting sports journalism. You and I both grew up in a day and age where, let's face it, for as much as, as abrasive as he was, Howard Cosell always asked the hard questions. Or at least he tried to. Yeah. You know, obviously, you know, the dude had a lot of issues. And, you know, but... But when he, he did an interview with somebody, he wasn't afraid to ask them a question, the hard question. Mm -hmm. But you get now a sports journalist, especially when it comes to the XFL, nobody's asking the hard question. It's like, okay, well, okay, these numbers suck. Why? I mean, again, every and again, we know streaming, you know, everybody says, well, we don't know what the streaming numbers know. And that's true. We don't know what they are, but okay, so for instance, let's talk about, you know, the ABC thing. I have yet to read anywhere from anybody explaining, you know, talking about the antenna, antenna issue. Okay, more people are going to streaming now and have an antenna, but nobody's talking about that. Okay, so, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's definitely, I'm sure there's a correlation here, but nobody's talking about it. Other than, well, people are cutting the cord, it'll be on ABC and more viewers. Well, explain why that is. Because, you know, dummy me sitting over here going, okay, well, if you have, if you have a cable or satellite package, ABC's 
you know, it's no harder to find an ABC channel than it is, say, FX. So I just, I think, you know, people, including myself, before, you know, they, you know, everybody gives their opinion. That's a great, the bad and good, good and bad thing about social media. Everybody has a right to their opinion. But, you know, like me, when I was spouting off here, it's like, well, okay, I didn't do my research. I didn't realize how many people were cutting the cord. And that I would like to see an article on, hey, more people are cutting a cord. So, yeah, it would make more sense for the XFL to be on network TV. But I don't quite. But then, you know, you you read an article like that in USA Today that is just so glowing. It basically looked like it was a paid PR piece. Yeah. You know, and even too, I'm pulling up here over at uh, NFL Draft Diamonds. The headline is XFL TV ratings are impressive in week seven, considering they were going head to head with um with the fine with uh hang on i don't get the full i'm pulling it up here um considering they're going head-to-head with ncaa women's national championship and i gotta give them credit at least they responded to my my tweet uh (laughs) their response was hey well greg hitting five half a million on a night when the NCAA women's basketball championship hit 9 million is very damn impressive. If you ask me and I'm like, well, those are rookie. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, 5,000, I mean, uh, that 5,000 to me represents the base for the XFL. That doesn't represent, I mean, they're 9 million. And I guess that's just kind of my frustration here. I mean, if the XFL wants to attract new, they need the casual viewer. They need new people. They don't, they, they already have the base. Everything's already baked in. It's kind of like, you know, I hate even bringing up politics, but, you know, everybody talks about, well, he's firing up the base. Well, he doesn't need the base to get elected. He's got those votes. It's the other people, it's the independents, it's the casual fans that you, in order for a league to stick around, and that's what the NFL has done, has been able to do, and even the CFL has been able to do over the years attract more than the hardcore fan and the XFL just isn't there yet, but they've got, you know, well, we've got some, you know, good competition. All the games have been competitive. Hell that defenders game, um, you know, against Orlando, uh, you can't ask for any more entertaining than that, but you know, all, all I see on social media and all I hear about are, and again, when not watching the games, because when you're watching the games, they're actually talking about the players. They're talking about everybody's story. Um, but I we don't see enough about that, about these kids in the media. I, you know, I mean, I think XFL News Hub is doing themselves a disservice by not. And even the other XFL, you know, news people. Start writing more stories on the players. Let me know what their story is. Um, yeah. Instead of your glowing reviews of The Rock and Danny. I don't care at this point. I want to know who these kids are because at some point you're going to see them at, say, the NFL. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember him, you know, I remember him when he played for the XFL. And, you know, I I would say the same with the USFL. I mean, the USFL is a different entity. It's not, you know, it's it's not all about one or two people, um, it seems. I mean, we know, yeah, it, it seems more like it's more of a team effort than whereas the XFL, you know, it's basically centered around a cult of, cult of personality, but that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think 
the the XFL has has stuck to what they said they were going to do earlier. Right. They said we're going to focus on the football, mm-hmm. and they have. Yeah. And I think they've I think I think they've put a good product on the field. Yeah, they have. Now, the criticism to that then is. You focused on football, mm-hmm. you delivered on that, but there's nothing behind it. Right. Um, and you talked about it. I was like, I I the AJ McCarron story was a very, very nice story, but they've had no follow-up from that. Like right. they they they've kept every time he goes to the end zone and sees his kid, there's another story written about it. Um, there are good players, and I think I don't I don't know the size of staff, but I, I think hopefully looking into year two, which they already announced, is they keep some fluidity to the rosters where they're they're keeping some people they can develop this. Mm-hmm. Um develop who the who who the star running backs. Because I understand there there's a hesitation to devote a lot of time to the top players of the league for fear of losing them. But I look at it as the feather in your cap. Yeah. Like the, uh, the USFL last year, the MVP, tremendous athlete, mm-hmm. incredible athlete signed with the Dallas Cowboys made the pro bowl. Like you, you you can't there there's you can't ride that story enough. This is a guy who didn't get the opportunity, came to the USFL, got that opportunity, showed what he can do, made the like signed a multi year deal with the Cowboys, and then made the Pro Bowl. Like yeah, they 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 were hammering that story all year long, and that's where I don't see I don't see that on the XFL side. Um, and I've seen some criticism where. The teams aren't necessarily practicing like they're they're playing games there. They're not building that 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 connection to the cities or the communities. And I understand there's, there's they're trying to be cost effective as well. Yeah, but yeah. there's the I think they really need to. Now they 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 delivered on the game itself. Mm-hmm. They need to figure out a way to try and connect with the communities the football fan in general right who these who these players are like who yeah. are who, who is like and the diehards of minor league football know who Luis Perez is right they they know who the main players are yeah the Ben Denucci so you, you can go through a list of a solid 50 people that everybody's going to that that people who follow minor league football know mm-hmm. but those those names are not necessarily the top players in this league. Like they're the, the XFL, just like the USL, they're looking to develop that 22, 23, 24 year old because the 27, 28, 29 year old statistically is not going to get that opportunity back with the NFL. Right. So it's, it's what they can, it's what they can do to, to get, that interest in not necessarily who the Houston Roughnecks are, but who the players are wearing that helmet. And yeah. I personally yeah. like to see a lot more 
being done with that to, to grow it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they would be wise too. And this is kind of, you know, you've got new, you know, you know, okay. So a site like XFL news hub, why doesn't the XFL, and this is just, I don't know. I don't believe me, Mark Perry and I are not definitely not talking, but to me, it would make sense for uh, the XFL to contract, you know, to contract out with an XFL news hub that has invested a significant amount of time and money into covering the league. And, and I got to give them them credit because they, they have, I mean, you know, um, I don't understand the economics behind it and I don't understand what the, what the profit, if there is any profit margin, but the XFL has a core group of fans that they're not leveraging. And to use a site like, you know, say, you know, say XFL News Hub, they, they, they do PR, I mean, for the league, for, for free. And I think they're doing themselves a disservice by not leveraging the assets that are out there. XFL News Hub, XFL Newsroom. Um, you know, obviously I don't want them to, to use us because I like being a goddamn independent and being able to speak my own mind. Um but you've got fan sites out there that I think if, if the XFL really wants to to grow beyond its base, it's got to leverage the assets it has. I mean, same way with the CFL. You know, I, I bitch and moan about the CFL all the time. They've got all these fans out here that are willing to give, you know, time and energy to the league, but the CFL doesn't leverage the assets it has. Um, but then again, too, I mean, you can really say that about a lot of the other leagues, too, you know. The MLB uh, can't say that about the uh, Nippon Professional Baseball League here because uh, baseball is a true religion here. So uh, <laughs> they don't need any more. I mean, they're marketing. They do need help marketing the game more. Um, but it's 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 a league that's been around forever. But when it comes to the XFL, I think there, there's a whole. I mean, they could grow the league and and they could do like you said tell the stories that need to be told by leveraging those assets that they have that don't really cost them anything. And mm-hmm. that's to go into guys and maybe they already have gone to Mark Perry or have gone to the guys at XFL newsroom and leverage those assets. But at the same time for the news organizations out there covering the XFL, they got to ask the hard fucking questions and not just kick out PR spin. And obviously with the ratings, I mean, we're kind of seeing that now where people that are reporting on the ratings don't have much to say. Uh, they always and they always focus in on the one positive and blow that up and then you're looking at the rest it's kind of like you know and i always harp on you know my career my past career it was i was an intel when i was an intel officer and analyst if i would go up okay so you just take those numbers that we have in attendance and i give those to you know say a let's say a two star a two star admiral or general and i tell them Hey, yeah, ignore all this, but here's the positive. Yeah. I would be torn to fucking shreds. And I say that because it happened to me when I emphasized the positive and basically ignore, you know, dismiss the negative. Yeah, no, I mean, people can kind of see through that. And that's the frustrating part. And I'm sure people that are huge NFL fans have already seen through that. It's like, Okay, yeah, I know. I'd love to watch a game, but there's nobody at the stadium, and 
I'm reading all this glowing stuff. I mean, obviously, the product in the field is actually pretty decent. It's gotten better. But, again, to capture the the interest of more than just the fa- XFL fan base, which is very, very hardcore and passionate, yeah, you need to do a little bit more work. And that's just me, but you know, I've been beating on that drum for, for a long time. But, you know, hopefully, hopefully somebody's going to listen. Hopefully somebody's going to – because they don't lack for money. It's not like they can't afford hiring staff. It it just as I said, I think they're they've come I think they came into this season with a plan of we're gonna do X, Y, and Z. We're gonna see how it goes. Um I think they've accomplished everything that they've set out to. Yeah. I mean you, you can't you obviously you can't do anything, you can't guarantee any kind of ratings or any kind of attendance, but right. everything else it seems it it seems like they followed through on everything. Yeah, it seems like it seems like the players, the coaches, the teams are. are you don't hear any grumblings on anything. No, and everybody's getting um, paid too. So that's the other part. Oh, that's it. Yeah. yeah. So that. So, I mean, I, I think it, at the end of the day, it, it's, it's. Um, I, I feel like a broke record. It's try and limit the loss. Limit the losses where you can. Yeah. Take good notes, and regroup and finding out what they can do to raise revenue cut costs on something else like they're a startup so obviously there's going to yeah. be costs that they're not going to incur after this year right but as with everything the cost of all the goods and necessary things are going to go up so mm-hmm. they're going to they're going to save on being a, not having to be a startup but travel is going to cost again like, like there's just how this just how it's going to it's just going to how you move it around in your spreadsheet yeah try and get it's it creative account it's creative accounting yeah, to get a black number instead of a red number. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. No, I agree. I agree with you. And like you said, times I just I feel like I'm beating a dead. Because really, bottom line is when I turn the games on, I'm entertained. It's not like I'm I'm watching the game. When I watch the game, I'm watching the game. I can yeah. care less about the other outside stuff. But again, it's always what kills minor league football and, and especially spring football is not what happens in between the lines. Because what happens in between the lines is good football in general. Mm-hmm. Even if it's bad football, it's still football. But it's mm-hmm. outside the lines. And then, you know, um, you and I are both old enough to remember when the USFL had their championship games on ABC. Yeah. Those drew great ratings. Um, and, and it was, and then, but again, it wasn't what happened between the lines. It's what happened outside the lines. and here we are and you know hopefully hopefully the championship and that they have and this is where i think they completely misjudged it the championship game should have been in, played for in st louis now obviously we don't know what the details are but i'd be curious to see what else is going on on st louis on the day of the xfl you know it could have been you know, oops um it could have been uh very simply the cardinals were playing at home and maybe the Blues were playing. Maybe it was just a matter of, okay, we got too many things going on downtown St. Louis. And St. Louis, downtown St. Louis, is not comparatively, again, my my yard marker is downtown Chicago. Um, mm-hmm. It is not that big. So maybe that maybe that played into it, too. I mean, that's something I'd have to look at the schedule. But, yeah, I think if they could have gotten in St. Louis, I think that would have been – because you would have had all those XFL – Battlehawk fans going to the championship mm-hmm. game. Yep. 
<clears throat> there could be a huge convention in town tying up the hotels. I mean, there's there's so many uh, different scenarios. I mean, San Antonio could have said, "Look, we'll give you the building just about rent free." Yeah, 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 yeah. That's I mean, yeah. It would that would be interesting. And I again, mean, yeah. I mean, three years ago, the last iteration, it was a hundred thousand dollars a home game then for that stadium in St. Louis. Oh, really? I did not. I didn't realize it yes. was that much. They, it, it was all, it was all, it's all, it's all in the public records. It was, um, they, the XFL had to pay 400, I think it was four or $500,000 up front. And then it was a hundred thousand dollars a game to play in the dome. Holy moly. I did not know that. And it, and it sure didn't go down in three years. No. I, so, I'm assuming the I'm assuming the Alma Dome is cheaper, right? And depending if 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 there's a convention, where the yeah. what 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 there's so many different things like hotel availability. Can the turf be down mm-hmm. for a week? Um, the Cardinals if the Cardinals are on a homestand against the Brewers or somebody or the Cubs or somebody like oh yeah, if the Cubs come to town, yeah, that place. You're, yeah, you're, you're you're looking at fifty thousand people every single day and. If you're going to worry about a women's basketball game with your ratings, what's a what's a hometown baseball game going to do? I mean, it's, yeah, it's yeah. So it's 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 those scenarios, and and once again, you you don't know what what attendance is going to be. So when you're putting together this whole schedule, and all of a sudden you're looking at another between all the expenses of having a championship week of housing, the housing, the, the two teams for the week or most of it. And the nice part too, is what we don't really look at either is home base for the league is in Arlington. Mm-hmm. So if you're practicing in Arlington for the week and all you have to do is go to San Antonio, you're not having to fly 120 people from Arlington to St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, I mean, probably playing in San Antonio probably economically them, makes more sense. Yeah, probably save them three hundred thousand dollars. At the end of the day, with all the expenses of having to move that whole thing up to St. Louis for a week, so who knows? At the end of the day, what deal they got for San Antonio? Yeah. Um, and that I mean, when you're looking at it at the end of the year, with with your pluses and minus, do you want to take on another three hundred thousand dollars? in expenses or move it to a stadium that might get a little less people, but it's safe right. around the pocket. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. That's why I'm, uh, that's why I'm glad you, you know, again, I talked to you and I'm like, Oh, it makes sense. Cause you, you've dealt with these issues. You've got more insight than I'll ever have. And that's why I always appreciate your comments on social media. It's like, Oh, okay. If, if Dave's a, okay. So if, you know, it's like you're kind of my reality check because I mean, if I'm way off base, you're gonna fucking tell me. Um, and uh, usually, you and I are usually on the same page when it comes to a lot. And again, Twitter and Reddit are not the real world, but then there are times an XFL Reddit, man, that's that's a tough place to be. Can't XFL Twitter, listen, you can't get banned on. You can only get blocked on XFL Twitter by individuals. You go on XFL Reddit. And you got to behave yourself. They, you know, you can only, it's really, it's a different world, but you know, when I'm what listen, but the, the, the discussion at XFL Reddit 
it does seem to me just based upon what I've read and kind of engaged with that half the fan base can at least see reality in front of them. They all want it to succeed. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, but, but then there's the other ones like, oh, no, no, ratings are great. Ratings are great. This is, you know, again, when you say ratings are great, I mean, much like with NFL draft diamonds. All right. Well, yeah, it's 500,000. And again, the thing about these numbers is every game is into, it's not like the, they're competing for eyeballs. Each game is it's a standalone game. So if you're getting, so you're usually getting the same amount of the same hardcore fans for each game. And then it's just a matter of who else is jumping on board and watching the game. So I don't, when I hear over a million people watch, no, bullshit. Over a million people didn't watch your product. Um, Again, it just, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's how you count the number. I mean, you can get creative with the numbers, but the same, there are people that live and die on the weekends to watch XFL games. And I understand that they're not baseball fans. They're not hockey fans. Um, they're not basketball fans. They want to watch spring football. They love football. I mean, Hey, if I could watch, believe me, if I live, you know, I live, I live in a place that I have to, you know, my football, I have to tune in in the morning. My, my, yeah, it's not like I can watch football in the evenings. So, (laughs) you know, if I really want to watch football, I want to, I'm going to watch football. I'm going to go out of my way to, to make, and I have, I've gone out of my way to make sure that happens. Um, but I'm not the casual viewer. It's the casual viewer is the one that's flipping. Hey, let's see what else is on. You know, good example is like the CFL. I've heard more from people, you know, friends that are friends of mine on Facebook. Hey, I was flipping through and found a CFL game. That's how you attract you just by the channel flippers. Um, and so my frustrate, the frustrating part I have with streaming is, Yeah, I mean it's great. Games are on streaming, but in order to to, but people stream games because that's what they want to watch. It's not like they're the ones just flipping the channels to see what else yep. is on. So I, you know, so that's why I'm I'm kind of, you know, I'm I'm curious to see how the streaming numbers are, and maybe they will add considerable amount more. But most of the people who are streaming are the people that know what they want to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like it's not, you know, it's not like it's Netflix. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Well, and, and, and looking at, and looking at the streaming, it's, there's how long did they actually stream it for those, those, those commercials that are being paid for by Disney are, 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 are not ESPN plus. I mean, half the time, half the time I, mean, I watch the games on ESPN plus. Yeah. I don't have ESPN. I cut the cord seven years ago, um, so that's how I that's how I get it. Um, but I get I get usually get the same commercial over and over, or maybe right. two commercials, and then I get a lot of the time where the big winter commercial break ESPN side. Yeah. So, yeah. in all honesty, like the the ESPN Plus is almost like a a a, a toss in by Disney and say, Hey, now we're going to make this available to anybody, mm-hmm. but it, it's not really being, it's not really being sold or, or utilized in a way 
that it's going to be productive. Right. I think in, right. in looking at in in revenue generation, which is at the end of the day why they're putting these games on ESPN Plus. It's not yeah. they're not doing it because they want to make it available to the masses. It's about generating revenue. Right. Yeah. So I, when the when the women's championship game, it's I I thought it was I thought it was funny that when the women's game was announced that it was the most viewed game on ESPN plus the most viewed college game in, in ESPN plus history, but we can't get, so obviously they are able to get the ESPN plus numbers, right? But when they aren't good, they're not going to announce them because if they can get the college, the women's college championship game and, t- and let everybody know that's the greatest number of people ever to watch a college game in ESPN plus, and then never available for XFL games that tells you something like, like you don't have to be a rocket scientist to realize if they were amazing, they would be announcing them. If over a million people were watching the XFL on ESPN, we'd know about it Yeah, at this point. And we don't, I mean, and maybe the numbers are equal to what we're seeing in the ratings, but I tend to think, and again, I've been wrong before. Hell, I was wrong last time we recorded about streaming and cutting the cord, but, um, you know, maybe you're getting an extra hundred thousand with streaming, but yeah, but again, you're getting those, but those hundred thousand are your hardcore fans that are yes. looking for the product. It's not, yes. you know, I mean, you know, we always talk about, I mean, you look at the NFL, I mean, back when the NFL first caught the imagination, they, it was that champ, that 58 championship game. And it, well, back then you only had three channels. So that night, it caught on because it caught the casual viewer mm-hmm. and people, you know, it was, a, it was a big game. It was a championship game a and, there was, game. and there was nothing else on. And that's how it caught the imagination and the NFL and it, it, the NFL turned into something, you know, yeah. way bigger than anybody could have imagined, but those were different times. And so maybe, you know, maybe we'll see with uh, the XFL championship game, once we get there that, you know, maybe that they'll catch magic, you know, light magic in a, and they'll catch lightning in a bottle w- with the XFL. And maybe that will then rub off on the USFL. And in turn, you know, it will start, people will start to become interested again in spring football. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and, and hopefully, and this is, I'm very hypercritical of it and I can understand why, um, Disney is doing what they're doing is I think it would also help with ratings to get I don't want to say more well-known broadcasters covering the game Yeah, but in today's game it, it just seems like if you don't have the names mm-hmm. behind the mic or in the right. broadcast booth um you're not you, people tune in because it's Troy Aikman. Mm-hmm. People tune in because it's Tony Romo. People tune in for Jim Nance. They they tune in for Al Michaels or John Madden. Like well, people tune uh, in for yeah, Joe yeah. Buck just to com- just to complain about Joe yes. Buck. So and, and and like nothing nothing against any of the of the broadcast teams they've used. Um, they're obviously I mean they're obviously 
they, they know football, whether whether it's a, they've done college games or they're on the second tier of CBS. Like they have good people. I, mm. I, I like who they are, but they don't have the name recognition that's going that, that that has the potential of drawing people in to watch the games. Yeah, yeah. That's why I, I mean, they're they're paying. Was it was it um, Thursday night football? Who, oh, who's, who's yeah, they're paying Al Michaels all that money. Eight is it eighteen million dollars a year because yeah. it's Al Michaels, right? And that and that and that. So Prime's got Prime's got that money. So you know what? You want to you want to yeah. come see how Michaels do the game on Thursday, and you're going to hear something good. Yeah. Well, I mean, even then, you think about the XFL, the first version. I mean, there's a reason why they hired Jesse Ventura to do the games. I mean, Jesse Ventura knew football too. I mean, let's yes. not for, people forget about that. Hundred percent. He provided color, if you remember, and this goes oh, yeah. way back. But he covered. He did color. He did the color commentary for the Buccaneers way back when. Yep. Under his yep. real name. So, I mean, so, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, and that was the magic of Howard Cosell. People tuned in to see Howard. Because you, you liked him or hated him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we do need a Howard Cosell nowadays. So I still say, you know, the minute he went off the air, I mean, sports, you know, uh, as David Letterman once said, uh, sports was much more interesting when Howard Cosell was, was covering mm-hmm. it. Because he asked the hard questions. And... Well, he asked the hard questions, and again, he was he was a character. He was one of those, it was one of those characters that, you know, to explain it to people now, it's hard to explain because it's like he just it's he he would last less than a month if he was on TV today. Oh yeah, yeah. He he he, he, he couldn't he would he would do one or two games because he, he you couldn't you he got away with saying a lot of things. Because of him being Howard Cosell, right? But he would not get away with nearly the things he said in today's. But and granted, if he was a broadcaster today, it, that time in the seventies, it was it was a different time to oh, yeah. be able to use terminology and say things and imply things. But that character today. Would we? We just disappear. Like he, he would. Oh, he'd be gone. He'd be gone so quick. It's he, it's it's like a, the old the old Jimmy the Greek. Like, oh. It's like he 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 was gambling when gambling wasn't cool, but CBS knew they got ratings from him. They did, but and then they fired him when they knew it was just completely untenable at that point. Oh, I mean, he because, had no value anymore. Yeah, I mean that when he opened his mouth. And uh, the whole story behind that, um, Rich Padinsky, did you read the book uh, about the NFL today? I haven't. I've not gotten to it yet. Okay, so Scott and I, we, I, we, I read it, I, it was, and it, it was, is it was a, it was a great. I, I I heard that episode. Yes, it was a. It was Scott and I interviewed him for from the fifty-five yes. yard line. It was just one of those. It's like because it wasn't anything related. I'm like. Let me see if I can get the guy. And then he, you know, we talked and the stories he told and, but you know, but again, football in the seventies, I mean, that's why you and I grew up. That's why we fell in love with pro football back in the seventies, because there was just something about the seventies, the way the football games were presented, the way everything, it was just the entire, maybe, and you know, I think the other part of it too was 
we were a captive audience too. We didn't have mm-hmm. a whole lot of choices. And we grew up in a day and age where we didn't have a 24-hour news cycle. If we found out about who was leading the league and doing what in the newspaper, because we looked at the numbers, and then we had our half-hour pregame show on Sunday. We didn't have sports radio. So not that the good old days were, not that those days were better, but I think for a sports fan, it just made you wanting more. And it was simpler. It was very, it was very, it was simpler. Um, and uh, you didn't have people screaming at you all the time. You didn't have people say, hey, look at me. Um, but, you know, I mean, in, when it comes to spring football, I mean, social media is obviously important. Um, but I would love to see some of that old stuff kind of come back in a way. And I know we have the XFL. They've got they they've got their show on ESPN. I think in many ways that they're they're in some ways they're trying, but not obviously trying hard. But again, we live in a different age now, where you can't replicate what happened in the seventies. Now, I mean, there's just no way. Yeah. But at the same time, too, going back to what I said earlier, um, you know, with broadcasting TV. So let's just say with the XFL. Okay, how do we fix this thing? Well. Every if people are cutting the cord, well, you got your you're going to two options: either streaming or aerial antenna. And the thing is, with aerial antennas, you got side channels, and maybe it's at some point the networks are going to start utilizing those side channels more. I know they, you know, I know before I left, I was running an antenna on on my basement TV, and I would have to scan regularly. And, but then new channels would pop up and, uh, so yeah, no, but the technology's changing and I'm kind of, I'm kind of going on and on about it, but, but the bottom line is the XFL, the ratings went up for last week. Oops. And the ratings went straight in the crapper this week. I I don't know. I mean, and so are, are the, where are we at with the rest of the games Are the rest of the games for the remaining of the season going to be on ABC? ABC and ESPN, ESPN okay. too. There's no so, more. There's no more FX games. Okay, so maybe you know. Hopefully, we'll see a pickup, and hopefully, we'll yeah. see the ratings start to go up. Seeing something really we've never seen with the XFL, the ratings actually starting to rise. So maybe you know, and then maybe that'll give us a good gauge. So maybe you know, maybe by this time next year, we're talking about all the games on ABC. Yep. Because that would make the most sense if the if the if the league really wants to survive, but I would have thought they would have figured they had two years to prepare for this. I would have thought they would have figured this out, you know. But again, I'm just but, a dude sitting way over here on the other side of the world. What do I know? And and they could they could be an ABC for all the games, but they don't. It, it's going to cost a lot of money because yeah. you're bumping things. You're going to have to go in there and. Have a game if you want to have a game on Friday night, two games on Saturday, a game on Sunday. Yeah, you're bumping. You're, you, the ABC is not gonna bump their primetime Friday night lineup for an XFL game. Oh hell no! So you can do you can probably get away with possibly two Saturday afternoon games on ABC, but it, it really depends on what their what their kind what what their contracts are already have because I can't imagine that ABC has a six-hour block every Saturday in the spring 
of 2024. Right. I just, I just don't see that happening. And then, then you fall back to Sunday afternoon. Um, whether they have X game from trying, I'm trying to think of what ABC runs with now. Superstars. Um, oh no, that's, that's way old. Yeah, no, but it, 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 it really, it really depends. I mean, yeah, I don't, I, I don't even see them to be honest with you. I don't even see them. I see games on FX next year because they need 12 hours a week of programming time. Yeah. And unless they want to go to Sunday and Mo- or Thursday and Monday, I don't see how they're going to squeeze 12 hours out of Disney being on ABC right. every week or being on ESPN because you're getting in that time with the conference tournaments. Like it, it they're there. I understand why they wanted to jump ahead of the USFL and go right after the NFL. I get it. But this is, this is the back. This is the back end of it where you're limiting your options. Yeah. And that's where it is. Like you can always start later, but now you're in a direct, now you're going to be in a direct competition with a competitor who owns it and places the games where they want to do that. Like Fox can put the games on when they want, and then mm-hmm. they can deal off the games they want to NBC to have them show how they want. Like I, I personally am looking at you. I like USA network. USA network has a history of showing sporting events. Oh yeah. So I, I like that option for the USFL. I like how I like what they're doing is because they also control it. Right. So that's where the XFL is looking at like yep, everybody, everybody, everybody is exactly right saying they need more, they need better times than ABC and ESPN. But unless they're willing to pay for it. Yeah. A couple weeks of a million viewers in ABC is not going to make ABC change something. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the networks are, you know, it's not like the networks need them. They need the networks. Yeah. You know, completely different business model with, you know, say the, well, obviously with the NFL, but even with the CFL, the CFL, the TSN needs the CFL for that yeah. pro to, to fill in that programming that they don't have. Um, I mean, that one's kind of weird because they both really need each other. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's, um, but yeah, no, I agree with you. And I, I see your point. I mean, I, every time you and I sit down and talk XFL, talk TV and everything I'm like, okay, now I understand better. So, um, and, and, and looking at the CFL, be curious now with the new Montreal owner who has his own competitive competitor. Yeah. TSN. So this will be, it'll be a very, I think, I think it'll be at the end of the day, a, a nice I, I saw, I read, and I know we're getting off the topic of the XFL, but I read a lot where people are very leery of this gentleman coming in. But I think the potential competition for rights, mm-hmm. the competition for for viewers, and on how it's um, how it's the content is placed out, yep. his connections, yeah. his connections to um, potential other ownerships within right. this. And then the development of within the last couple of weeks of the commanders potentially being bought by a billionaire from Canada is like, yeah. there, there is quite a bit of money floating around here when you tap in the right people. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, you know, for the CFL, I mean, having, you know, maybe that, you know, if there's a competing uh, media company tied in, I mean, obviously MLSE is tied in with TSN and all yeah. that, but now you got somebody else coming in. It's like, okay. <laughs> I mean, it, it can only mean good. You would hope yeah. it's, it can only mean good things for um, the league, you know, getting more money from TV revenue because you know, the way it's always been, it's been like, well, TSN's been the only game in, in town. Here's the money, take it or leave it. Yep. Okay, well, we'll take it. And, but now, yeah, so, yeah, fingers crossed that this is only, and we don't know yet, unless, did I maybe, have I missed something in the overnight news here that's got buried? Have we heard any more about the CFL and the streaming in the States? I have, I have not. Um, honestly, I was just, I was in. I was planning on this is going to be on ESPN again. I just don't. I don't see. I don't see a better option. I I, I, don't, like, I just don't. Yeah, unless the NFL. But you know, it's not. You know, the NFL network. They're not going to the NFL network. We know that much. Because there's well, I mean, no I, it makes no financial sense for the NFL to broadcast CFL games. Period. I mean, I, honestly, I. I, I think it would, um, think so? but I, I don't see like when you're looking at potential reach of viewers. Yeah. I I think staying with ESPN is better than the NFL network. Oh, I, I just agree don't, with that. I mean, you're, you're going to get the hardcore football people and you're looking at summertime. The NFL network is always looking for content. Yeah. I mean, you only can I mean you only can show, so many. I mean, it's enjoyable to watch. Right. Only so many times you'll watch the purple people eaters um, tearing through the Boston Patriots. But you don't even. See, but you don't. You don't even see that on NFL Network anymore. They don't even cover. No, no. They, yeah. they they don't go. They don't go for that far back. But no, I mean, I mean, having having like, I liked when when ESPN two had those Canadian had, had Canadian football games on ESPN two at at seven o'clock. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, so I mean, I I think I mean for reach, what does that what does that mean when it comes to money for the league? I I don't know, and I don't know what the other options are, but I think until an option comes along, that's financially long term better. I don't see a reason for why they wouldn't want to leave ESPN just by the sheer numbers and availability yeah or there's there's also there's also the option they could always just put their games on youtube they could they certainly could and and if you know and they're gonna bank on you know subscribers and i mean that's that's another whole thing it's a business model i don't understand with youtube i mean you got the ifl and the the all these arena league games all these arena leagues putting them on youtube so what are they generating any money from the broadcast? And that's a whole financial. I mean, that's something obviously somebody smarter, way smarter than me, could could tell me. This is what they're doing. Okay. They're packaging in their sponsorships with you're getting a dasher board, your little sign along the football field, you're getting a program ad, and yeah. you're getting and you're getting a spot or you're getting a, a read on the YouTube channel. Okay. That's it. That's what they're doing. 
Uh, some of these games are getting good. And, and the nice part too is that game is up there. Yeah. So you're, you're getting more and more views. You're getting, you're going, you're, you're, it, it's not so much the value of having so many subscribers at YouTube is, is, is paying you. Mm-hmm. It's the availability of adding one more line in that sponsorship package to get more, get, get, to get something more from a sponsor. Okay. So it's like, it's like basically if you're doing it correctly, you're in your sponsorship packages on top of your in arena signage, mm-hmm. your program, your website piece on the club. You're also on XYZ TV. Okay. So if it's say it's the Orlando Predators, you're on every, every, every home and away game. You're on, you're on Predators TV, the broadcast partner, hmm. and it's free to watch on YouTube. So you're getting all this more exposure than just in this, that, and that. And then that adds into the numbers when the salesperson's going out there going, your message, here's what I've put together. Your message is getting out to 300,000 people. And this is how we're doing that. Okay. Okay. All right. It, it it's it's no different than the um the old ra- the real radio way. Well, that's what I was just th- I was just thinking. I was just thinking, you know, my my idea of a of a, a media salesman is going. You'll appreciate this is the old Herb Tarlick from WKRP. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, without a drinking problem. Right. Yeah. Herb had a whole lot of problems too. You know. I mean, it it that's why when you watch these games on YouTube, you have all these different segments, or you have this brought to you by this person because that's 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 a two thousand dollar sell. I mean that yeah. I mean that's just basically how they're breaking that down, and then you get this then you get this glowing package at look, like the package is worth forty five thousand dollars, but it's thirteen thousand eight hundred for you because you're making up numbers. And throwing it down for what the value is, right? I mean, that's what it is. Like that, huh. that's what sponsorship yeah. is. Wow. Yeah. Like you said, that's why I'm glad I have these conversations with him. Like, okay, now it makes sense because it's you know, it, yeah. And I'll probably forget this after you know we push this out later, and we'll probably be talking about the same thing down the road. But yeah, no, there's that's and you know, I mean. Yeah, so I I feel I mean you do get frustrated too. It's interesting to read your posts where you get a, you get frustrated. It's like okay, all right. So I know if he's get if Dave's getting frustrated, then there's there's got to be he's you see things much more clear than I do. Period. So, period. And it's it, uh, it just the the I don't know. We we talk about the the excuses of why the ratings aren't there. Every week is something like I, yeah. I get it. You, you you can't like you you're pick you're picking a very busy time in the sports calendar for weekend events. And well, it's like... yeah. And now obviously the one excuse everybody had was pickleball. Well, they cut away to go to pickleball. I, oh, I, I would too. You know who was playing in it? No, it was, it was, uh, they had a big thing. They, they sent John, it was John McEnroe and Michael Chang playing against Andre Agassi and Andy Roddick. Oh wow. I didn't see that part. That's what happens they, when you only read the headline. I didn't get I didn't they, dig that deeper. They they brought all these like John McEnroe is now a spokesman for pickleball. 
Oh shit! I didn't realize and, that. And they fly him around the tournaments to be like this, like spokesperson for the game. Because yeah, I was watching the highlights of um, the highlights of the match, and I was like, they had a, <laughs> they they showed an epic rant. He uh, he was hitting the ball. He was he was doing uh doing oh, his thing. Geez. And then he, but his right foot went over the line. You can't get inside that the front boxes. Mm-hmm. And they showed him just having a meltdown. Like he had this great shot. They go foot false McEnroe, and he throws his racket. He he just he, he just goes just doesn't doesn't lose his mind like he used to. Right. He threw the racket, walked the side of the court. You could see he wanted to just lose it, but it was a family friendly event, so he didn't. But yeah, no, that's that. That's I didn't know that. Move. Well, that that's what happened. I'm just as much default as other people are for not reading beyond the headlines. Well, at yeah. least on the pickleball one, I'm like, okay, yeah. pickleball, okay. Well, that, that to me, I'm like, okay, well, that kind of makes sense. I mean, I just thinking it's like, okay, that's a classic ESPN move if there ever was one. Yeah. Um, and the the time block ended, right? And someone, someone, someone had a call going, this the pickleball is giving us this much money to be on making time more slot. money to to broadcast pickleball, yeah. And and XFL gave us this. The game run long. Sorry, guys. Yeah. We're out. Yeah, no, I was like reading them like, oh, okay. Um I just it was kind of like one of those. I I read it, I'm like kind of shrugged my shoulders and I'm like, okay, well that kind of tells me where everything is. you know, the league you talk about getting bumped for pickleball is not a good look for the league. No. So it's like if the league were that important to ESPN, it would not have got bumped. Exactly. But there are a few NBA players who are investors in the new pickleball league who own teams. Mm. So there actually is like professional pickleball league starting up. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I knew that yeah. that's the other two that's competing for, we got all these different leagues that are starting up. You got yeah. lacrosse league, you got women's. I mean, there's so many professional leagues now competing for eyeballs. Yeah. You go down the rabbit hole when it comes to ESPN Plus. I'm like, shit, I didn't know that that was a league. You know, I mean, back in the day, I mean, you had besides your four major sports, you had your PG, you had your, you had the PGA. Again, this is us growing up in the seventies. You had your PGA. Yeah. You had your um, Pro Bowlers Tour, and you had Wild Worlders. Wild anything else that was on Wild World, Wide World of Sports. And you know, but now everything's got a leak. So, Cornhole. yeah, Cornhole. It's it's so, it, it, you know. And maybe with all that said, then maybe I should just kind of tone it down with my criticism of the XFL because they got to compete against pickleball and cornhole and all these other things that, um, you know, you know might it might give, you know. Guys like Mike Mitchell, another good reason to to blame on poor readings. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, to me, listen, football is America's sport, and the XFL is a tainted brand. Let's not, oh. let's not, you know, the USFL too, in a way, is, but the USFL oh. is not the USFL. And really, this is the thing with the USFL, and I'm kind of changing gears here. All of the USFL is is a spring league, just completely repainted. I mean, it's not the real. It's no, nobody's even pretending it's the real, real USFL. No. Especially when you get teams like the Memphis Showboats, don't even adopt 
listen, if you want to honor the memory of the old league, hey, then bring back the Reggie, uh, the Reggie White uniforms. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be the Memphis Showboats, this blue but and gold, I'm like, okay, that kind of blows. Um, I mean, I, I guess, I guess I'm curious on what that settlement was with the, with the, uh, with the, uh, the former people looking to cash in yeah. on a name they let go 35 years ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm curious on what that all, how that all, it was going to go away. Right. And they, they were looking, every one of those people were looking to get some kind of cash. Yeah. Because they waited till the opportune point when the game was just about to start. So they knew their money was there. Right. So, you know, who knows what the end of the day with these, what these guys wanted. You know, this is what you want. Fine. Here, just do this. Either you take this or you lose in court and it's going to cost you more. Mm-hmm. Because there was no, there was no way. I mean, there's no way that they were going to win any case they brought against. I mean, everything oh, had lapsed. Um, everything has 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 fallen to the wayside of uh, claims that they have, and the name was there. And I understand that some people were bent out of shape by by using it, but it's an identify it's an identifiable brand. Yeah, to use. I never. Yeah. I thought this. I thought the Spring League name was just awful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, I mean, what? Yeah. I mean, yeah. The whole, that, yeah, I don't know. I really didn't even, didn't even know what to make of the Spring League. And then they're like, oh, well, the players are paying the league to play. Okay. That's weird. And now, it, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, when I talk USFL, I mean, I talked USFL, what, two weeks ago now with Kyle Smith over at the USFL yeah. project. Um, you know, I mean, all of us want spring football, but the original USFL is the original USFL. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the spring league slapping old logos um, doesn't make, it doesn't, doesn't, you know, doesn't mean it's a relative. It's just, no, you know. And it's not, you know, it's, it's, um, but it'll be interesting to see though. I mean, it, where we're, where we're at, say maybe two years with both these leagues, how things shake out. Cause I got a feeling things are going to shake out, um, because kind of goes back to what you said, the kind of the folly, uh, the XFL started way too soon. So maybe that's part of the problem. Um, and we'll see what the ratings with the, I mean, the ratings for the USFL, the XFL are going to get cut in half with the USFL starting up. Oh yeah, or at least by a third. So, um, so we're we'll see. It'll be interesting, you know, even where we're at talking next year. It 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 will be interesting, and this is the last thing I'll say on on the USFL and the XFL. It will be interesting, and I haven't had a chance to sit down yet and look at it, but I would be curious to see as we get towards the end of the XFL, Mm -hmm. the USFL starting next week how the game times match up. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. To, see, to see if one or the other can use it as a lead into theirs. Mm-hmm. Because if, if I'm, if I'm it just off the top of my head, I believe the USFL has minimized the number of afternoons and they are looking at late afternoon in prime time where the XFL is only going to be in the afternoon on ABC until the championship game 
So it'll be interesting to see how 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 that translates. Right. How that with a afternoon XFL game help the USFL and vice versa and how they stack up. Yeah. Because I I don't I don't see I don't see I don't see the XFL doing a million people on ABC and the USFL doing a million people on Fox. There's just not two million people looking to do that. Like right. just yeah. or 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 enough of a I, I there's 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 definitely crossover. Yeah. But I don't see I don't see people taking an eight hour day to watch minor league football as they would the NFL ten hour day. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's just no way. And also too, I mean with um i mean the weather's getting nicer people don't want to be inside yeah uh, point blank i mean with autumn i mean let's face it the way it's set up with football in the autumn is perfect because it's nice out but you know the colder it gets more people are inside watching football yeah. um and it's the complete opposite with spring ball so um, and and, that, and 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 that's where with the usfl ratings i, I don't I don't necessarily I don't need them for myself looking at them to be as good as say the XFL. Yeah. Because yeah. we're looking at it like in Ju- in June and July, your TV pool is so much less. It's more of the potential viewers you have than necessarily the rating itself. Right. Because in June and July, so few people are watching TV, period. Yeah. Regardless of what's on. Yeah. It. Yeah. No. It's and the funny thing is too. It's even like here in Japan, right now. So it's um, with baseball season. It's really interesting. You know, just talking about how things line up TV wise and everything. So the Japanese, so the pro leagues, um, are in full swing now. And it's really interesting in terms of nobody really competes with each other. But they're on, so like yesterday, a good example. I didn't realize that two games were on earlier than the rest. So there were some lead-in games, but I don't want to say. it's Things have been set up here for so many years, there's kind of a predictability to it. Whereas now with football in the spring, there really is no predictability. You don't know when, who's going to be on at what time. No. Oh, I mean, week, week, to week, week to week, they don't necessarily I mean there's a game here and there on Friday. Even even on Saturday and Sundays, the game times vary. It's like that's the one thing. It's you need that standard. Yeah. One, like the Sundays at one, four, and seven. Right. Monday nights at this time. When they do Saturday, it's 12 30 and 3 30. Like you have that. And I that's where Fox can do that for the USFL, where XFL. Can't they? They don't unless they go to a stadium or mm-hmm. or or a network that will do whatever they need to do to make it work for them. But then you're yeah. losing volume. Yeah, it. Yeah, it just it's. And so yeah, I mean the things have changed so much since we grew up in terms of just a schedule. Okay. Yeah, I mean, um, but again, with media, everything's changed. Everything's gone to ESPN uh, and streaming. So. 
Um, well, my friend, with all that said here, we are reaching, well, we're well over the hour mark here. I don't even know how long we're going here. I'll, I'll figure that out when I post. So, well, listen, everybody. Uh, hey, if you're still tuned in here, thank you very much for hanging out with Dave and I till the end. And uh, we will hopefully be talking next week. If not, we'll definitely be talking the week after, um, depending upon our schedules. It's spring has sprung here in Japan, and I know spring has sprung up where Dave is at. So, um, yeah, again, like what we said, man, people are getting out and out. The weather's gotten better. It's been a, a crap. I know the winter has been brutal over where you're at so um you know now obviously you know back in chicago they've been getting slammed with storms so it's like oh yeah i'm glad i'm gone but i live in a place with typhoons and hurricane with typhoons and earthquakes and and you know the potential for debt killer tsunamis so i should i'm not going to complain <laughs> about being away from the bad weather but yeah we will definitely be coming we got a few more episodes left we're gonna we're gonna make it through the season and then after that we may or may not turn our attention to the usfl we haven't quite figured that out yet i need to be able to figure out how to watch the u all the usfl games on streaming here because i know with nbc some of the games are going to be on peacock but not all the games are going to be on peacock correct i'll double check i thought they all were going to be on peacock oh if they're all on peacock then i'm set because i got a vpn if I, you know, and if I'm going to do a sponsor, I want to do ExpressVPN because that's who I use to access all my games here. Because without them, I'm dead in the water, man. Yeah, I will. I will double check that. But I, I thought, I thought every game. I thought that was part of the announcement was every game will be on Peacock. Okay. Okay. Yeah, our our buddy Zach Kyleman. I didn't get quite a a good gauge on that, but he was in the middle of moving moving to his new job. So him and I really haven't had a chance to talk much about us and I haven't listened to their podcast. You know, I feel bad. I haven't listened to those guys recently. So, well, Hey, everybody with all that said, thank you very much for tuning in. And uh, we will hopefully be talking to you next week. If not, we'll definitely talk the week after. Uh, And again, we're looking at ratings and the business of it. Not so much the scores and everything. I mean, uh, if you're tuning into this to hear scores, you've already seen the game, so you know what happens. But it's the other stuff that we'd like talking about, um, about what's going on outside the lines and what we think. And again, we're just fans, you know, and we're, we we feel the pain of low ratings and we get frustrated. Um, but we're but, you know, Dave and I are both older and seen these leagues come and go. We um, we, we try to stay positive, but we're also realists, too. So um, and you know what? the news organizations out there. And if anybody's listening from any of those, just understand what you guys are doing is great as fans and everything, but you gotta, you gotta, if you're going to, if you're going to write for a news site, you gotta be a journalist too. So start asking the hard fucking questions. And when somebody like Dwayne Johnson starts spewing, spewing PR, same with Danny. Okay. Ask a question. Just don't take them at face value. Um, the main question I wanted to hear asked was, oh, so how much in sponsorship is, or is your tequila brand and your energy drink given the, the league to help make it run? That would be nice to know. Um, because you know, this is a business and, but you know, again, nobody's asking the hard questions for the XFL. And I think, you know, Dave too, I think that's why we're not seeing any news come out about the XFL. I mean, there is absolutely no news coverage on it. You do a Google search of XFL news and it is cricket. So, um, so listen, if you, if you're an aspiring journalist or something, a blogger, 
hey, you know, do yourself a favor, start a blog site, start covering the league, start asking the hard questions. And so this, that way, you know, say for next year, you know, we get more coverage of the league because right now the regular news, the news organizations aren't covering it. And the current XFL news organizations, while they are covering it, um, at least in many ways, aren't asking the hard questions that need to be asked, especially about ratings and all that. Um, being putting a positive spin on on stuff is one thing, but constantly saying, "Yeah, the rate, oh, but the ratings are doing great," when the numbers really kind of say otherwise. But with all that said, that's just me on my soapbox, and I know Dave's right, kind of right there with me too. But uh, with all that said, hey, thank you very much for tuning in. And we will be talking to you next week. The thing I love about the XFL is the heart and soul that these players show. For the love of the game of playing football and the opportunity of continuing to play the game they love here in the XFL. A lot of you tuned into the XFL the first week. Unfortunately, most of you never came back. Well, we listened to you and we've made the rule changes to give you what you really want. So come back. At halftime, we'll take you into the cheerleaders' locker room. I would like to introduce all of you ladies to the one man that's going to be privileged enough to walk into your locker room with a camera. And here he is. His name is Bruno. Say hi to the girls, Bruno. Hi, girls. Hi, girls. Have fun. Here now, Vince McMahon. Thanks for coming, Vince. Pleasure. XFL ratings are down 75% from week one. They now rival the lowest ratings ever in prime time, not just for a sports program, but for any television show. Right. Can you guarantee me right now that there will be a year two for the XFL? Can I guarantee you that? I can't guarantee you that I'm going to be breathing in and breathing out after we leave this studio. But you're pretty sure about yeah. that one. Uh, yeah, and I'm pretty sure about the continuation of the XFL in one form or another. Does that mean on network television and on NBC in year two? I would like to say so, yes. Um, NBC has been very supportive. Uh, I think that the difference here, Bob, is that people have to understand that when you start a league like this, I mean, this is not the easiest thing to do. I mean, let's face it. So when you start a league like this, even though we have many advantages, um, it, it's not easy. You, you make mistakes along the way. You correct your mistakes. You focus. Uh, and you go forward in terms of brand building. And this is brand building. This is not just television programming. And that's, that's the thing I think that a lot of people... Uh, quite frankly, miss. I mean, it's all about, you know, the you know, 13 weeks and out or less in terms of television programming these days, especially with the attention span of a lot of the programmers on the network. So, I mean, again, I think that once the affiliates understand uh, that this is brand building, uh, I think we're in it for the long run with NBC is, is certainly my hope, and they've given me every indication that that is the case. Yeah, it's one thing to try to build a brand on cable or elsewhere, but even on Saturday night, which has not been the best night for the networks in recent years, that airtime is meaningful, it's important, and it can't be sacrificed week after week if some improvement isn't shown. That's just common sense, right? Significant improvement. Well, you know, certainly I don't think anything could be sacrificed. At the same time, again, I think there has to be a longer range approach that this is not just programming we're in it for the long run i'm very long range oriented in everything that we do business wise so i mean i think that once the affiliates catch on to that you know and stay with it i think we have to make a marked improvement in our television ratings and quite frankly i'm disappointed in them no doubt about that you know i think that you know we started out with this huge television rating and 
and dropped off, you know. It, curiosity it, factor, promos well, I, no, leading I think up. It was curiosity factor, but I think we made some mistakes as well. I mean, what know, were the biggest mistakes, and what can you correct, or is it too late in some cases because people have gone away? I don't think it's too late. Um, I think that you know the caliber of the play initially was not as good as it should be. The caliber of play now is fantastic. It's great. It's to, it's, this well, past it's the weekend. same players by and large. How in the space of a month can the caliber of play improve well, it's, that it's much? It's real easy because you know it, we didn't have the luxury of starting you know a, a four-week preseason like the NFL normally does. Again, this is a startup league, Bob. You got to give us a little bit of a break here, and the media does as well because we knew we were going to make mistakes, and we have made them. So had we started up in a longer preseason, then the teams would have been far more more cohesive. You know, they would have looked uh, much more like NFL football, though we said all along this is not NFL football. So I think the caliber of play now is extraordinary. It's exciting. You've got wide open offenses now, and, you know, and, and a lot of points are going up on the board. You've got, you know, innovations, which we have made, and quite frankly, some of the network execs, you know, uh, you know that cover the NFL are already talking about stealing them. You, know, you mean audio and having the cameraman on the field and sure. a different point of view, that sort of thing, different production sure. techniques. Right. I think they'd actually steal the scramble if they could. You know, I mean, that's kind of instead of the too. coin toss. Right. You know, we call it the human coin toss. You know, so it, the idea here is to start up a league in which uh, players have opportunity, otherwise would not have an opportunity. Uh, it's a very family friendly in terms of ticket prices. You know, we've been averaging some 27,000 people coming to our live events, which I would suggest would rival, if not supersede, what the old AFL did when they first started, and even the NFL. Let, let, let's look at this realistically. The NFL has been at this for 75 years. You know, it's not fair, you know, to jump all over us and, okay, when are you guys going to die? Is it over yet? You know, can, can it please be over yet? You know? Uh, you know, 75 years of building a brand, you know, and the NFL's where they are now, more power to them. I think they do some things wrong that we do right. And I think that it's going to take a little time to build our brand. And you can't do it in one year's time. It's unrealistic for anyone who wants to partner with us to think that you can build a brand in one year. What about this analysis, which seems pretty much on the money to me? It's not WWF enough for that crowd, right. and it's got not good enough football for the sports-minded crowd. It's neither fish nor fowl. People took a look, and they split. I don't think, you know, again, I think that uh, that's not necessarily unfair, what you just said. I think our research indicates that, that the World Wrestling Federation fan likes his diet of WWF entertainment in its proper form. I think that in terms of a football uh, fan standpoint, they like football. I don't think that they mind any of the rule changes that we've made, you know, any of our brand of football and bringing the game closer to the fan. The in-stadium experience is off the chart when you come to an XFL game. It's off the chart. You're really almost on the field. You, you feel so close to the play. So these innovations are, are fantastic. I think that, that, again, the caliber of the play more than anything else, we weren't quite ready to play the kind of ball that we are currently playing. And it's my hope that you know, that the media, you know, which has been, I think, somewhat unfair, you know, in jumping all over us and asking for this damn thing to please go away. You know, I think it's, it's unfair when you consider the caliber of play that we have now. All I'm asking is just take another look at it now and, and judge it in, on its merit or lack of merit as it relates to football. You came to this with plenty of power, with expertise from a certain area of television and 
entertainment. Mm -hmm. You came to it with celebrity. But in most people's minds, not with prestige because of the type of programming you're associated with. On the other hand, NBC has prestige. Right. They risk not just dollars, they risked prestige. Do you think, is your sense as you deal with the people at NBC, that they're feeling the heat on that front? Oh, I think they're feeling the heat. I mean, again, I think that the media made certain that they're feeling the heat. You know, I mean, they're, they're asking uh, Ebersol, you know, please get the hell out of this thing, you know. Uh, and Dick is, is very a stand-up guy and a friend of mine, as you know, for many, many years. Uh, Bob Wright as well. Uh, I think that, that they're in this thing with us, but at the same time, I don't know how much heat they can take, and I don't know what prestige means anymore, because again, when you think about brand building, I don't think the XFL has hurt NBC in terms of prestige. How? Because they've been associated with me individually, or, you know, the, the, the smear, if you would, of, of World Rusting Federation Entertainment? I mean, is that it? I think there's a general perception that while the XFL doesn't go anywhere near where the WWF goes, that it's a low-rent form of Have you television. Seen any of the games tell me what is low rent. Not so much within the games. The pregame show, especially week one, we don't have was, was one of the shows. most mindless things I've ever seen. We don't have a pregame show. Week one, there was a pregame show. We don't have any pregame shows, which is one of any our problems. No, we've never had a pregame show. What was the pregame show that aired in Los Angeles, in New York, and in other markets a half hour prior to the first game? A local thing that the NBC O&Os put together, of which we had nothing to do with. But it left, but, but the, impression, it left the impression in many quarters that this was a low-rent deal. And I'm sure that NBC is hearing, it, is hearing it from affiliates, from station managers, and from some portion of the audience saying not just that we don't like this, so we prefer to watch something else, but that we're offended by this association. Well, you know, if that's the case, you know, then, then they have to do what they have to do and just like you do, Bob, you know? I mean, quite frankly, from my standpoint, uh, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm what makes this company, I'm what makes my company and this country go round and round. I take risk, calculated risk. Uh, and quite frankly, if you'll go back to when we first made this announcement of the XFL, we didn't have any partners. We were gonna do it all on our mm -hmm. own, okay? So I think it is a viable business. I think that, uh, that when you come to a live event and you see all these young people in the stands having a wonderful time, uh, I think that our television ratings are going to build back. I think that we may throw a, a few uh, things in there to get them back in terms of, of, of promotions and things of that nature, but, and we're going to have to do that. We're going to have to spend some money, you know, that we otherwise may not have to spend. We're going to have to convince the media, quite frankly, to cover this for the event that it is, not the perception that you, as an elitist in my point of view, or others would have about, it ain't low rent football, I'm sorry. It's kids out there playing their hearts out if no you've one, watched it. No, okay. one, no one dismisses the players and coaches who are trying to make a living uh, in a football league. No one dismisses that and there are probably very good stories within that. There is an association though that in the minds of some is a plus. That's what brought a lot of that 10 rating the first week. People saying, well, I'll take a look at what Vince McMahon has cooked up and I saw the promos. There are others who are put off by that. You bring both positives and negatives. Who's, who's put off? And in what way? What have we done? 
What have we done in anything with the XFL? What, we have cheerleaders? We said right out front we were going to have cheerleaders, nice-looking ladies that you were going to get to know, unlike the NFL, sort of has them but doesn't have them kind of a thing. If nothing else, we are brutally honest about who we are and what we are presenting. But there isn't one thing in that game that I know of that we've presented that's salacious in any way. If the ratings don't turn around, will you be tempted to make it more salacious? No, we just did that. You know, we just did, we just did, as a matter of fact, you showed the clip at the top, you know, of some sort of thing whereby we were going to go into the Orlando Rage cheerleaders locker room. Right. Okay? It was a spoof. All right. And it the was, guy hit his head, couldn't get inside, and, and right. you tried to revive him as he lay there in the corner. Right. And we said it was a blatant attempt to increase television ratings as promos all week long that's what we said and it was you know but we were winking at our audience they understand what we're doing and I believe it's the quality of the football that's going to bring viewers back if you could be guaranteed that it would increase ratings would you fix the games what I fi what a ridiculous statement what a it's not a statement it's a question it's a question I beg your pardon it's a question no it's either football or it's not now if it's entertainment then no different than I did, you know, a long time ago, you know, when my predecessors tried to pawn off that wrestling was sport years ago. You know, I mean, that's and absurd. you came out and said it's sports entertainment, and entertainment. the matches are staged. Right. Absolutely. So, how could you possibly script a football game? You know, I, I you know, boy, you're giving me credit for a lot of talent that I, I don't think I have. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it was like, I mean, you have to catch the ball. I mean. You know, I mean, you have to run with the ball. You, you know, you can't script football. And, and isn't frankly, that really part of the problem? Because there's a whole lot of football on TV. Right. There's the NFL, and it has a long season, and all the college games. Right. Uh, and you have the World League in, in Europe, or the NFL Europe, I guess it's called. And if people just wanted to see football, they could, they could pipe in Canadian football league games. So if you can't do something significantly different at the edges, What's the real incentive to watch these games? Well, the real incentive to watch the games is because it's the best football other than NFL you can possibly watch. It's not, you know, European ball, you know. It's not college ball. This is great football. And we didn't show that in our first several weeks. We also had some production problems, things of that nature. We also had the wrong announcers out there. You know, I mean, that's part of our problem as well. We, we've corrected production. We've corrected announcers as we're going forward. Are WWF announcers the right, right. announcers for football? No, they're not. No, they're not the right Will announcer. you be able to get top-flight announcers? Because I know within the business, and this is not from people necessarily who wish you ill, but within the business... Well, I, I'm sure there's no one who wishes me well, ill. Well, I'm sure there are many know? people who do, but I think some objective <laughs> and people... And why would they wish objective me ill? Tell me, why did they want to wish me ill? The show's, only, the show's only an why. hour long. There are, many, uh, there are many people, we'll get to it in a minute, who consider what you've done on the WWF, while right. successful, to be objectionable. We'll get to that in a minute. A lot of first-rate announcers are reluctant to be involved in this type of programming because they feel that it carries a stigma. Well, that it's not something that would look good on their resume. On the other hand, some established guys have done it, right. but many have backed away or would have no interest. So my question to you is, if you've got to get what you call the right announcers in there, what's your talent pool for that? Uh, we'll have to create talent. Talent's out there. You have to go find it. You call yourself a risk taker. You, right. ha you have been that. Right. If this turns out to be a grand scale failure, mm -hmm. what impact will that have on you? Well, you know, I get knocked on my keister, I dust myself off. You want to let me finish here for a second, pal? Shut your mouth and let me answer the question, all right? I'll be happy to answer.
You got a situation that you don't know what you're talking about. This is the Bob Costas Interrupt program, right? It's a characterization I think few would share, but it might work for you in this instance. It worked for me. I mean, take a look at the tape when you play it back. Right. How many times did Bob Costas interrupt Vince McMahon before he let him answer the question? Just to try to keep you on point. Go ahead. Sure. So, I mean, again, I, I think that, you know, when you look at everything that we do on balance in terms of, of entertainment, you stay with the storyline, Bob, okay? Our women are extremely strong. Now, I would suggest that the degradation, as you called it, of Trish, which I was, was of her own volition, by the way. I wasn't making her do do that. This is a soap opera. If you stay tuned long enough, boy, I would suggest I'm likely to get mine as far as that character is concerned, as far as the Vince McMahon character is concerned. The women involved in World Wrestling Federation from China all the way down are very, very strong-willed women who, generally speaking, at the end of the day in the soap opera, get what they want and then some. But you have to stay tuned, Bob. You, it's not fair to take one little excerpt right. of this and one little excerpt of that and, let's, and then generalize, okay? Let's, let's end on this. Safe. We have to end? I'm we, having we, fun. We, we have to end. I'm enjoying it, too, but Bob Knight is waiting, right. and he deserves his time That's as Coach well. Coach Knight. Coach Knight is waiting. Uh, safety of wrestlers. Right. Uh, not long ago, you settled a wrongful death suit with the widow of the wrestler Owen Hart. Had to pay $18 million. Well, you, you are he was, he right. was He was killed. Uh, or died during a show in Kansas City when executing a maneuver. Right. Have you pulled back on the level of risk in some of these maneuvers? As far as anything aerial, absolutely. You know, we would never attempt to do anything like we were doing with Owen again, uh, because out of deference to Owen, if for no other reason. But yeah, I mean, again, I think that, uh, that the risk factor increases you know, with the athletes, no different as it does in all of sport, mm -hmm. by the way, you know, and here we have the greatest entertainers in the world in the World Wrestling Federation Entertainment, and I dare say some of the greatest athletes as well. They do jump that risk thing uh, quite often, absolutely. Vince, we've got to go. Oh, it's thank too you. bad. I'm oh, this is such a delightful show, Bob. And thank, thank you, you so and much for having me on. I appreciate your coming on. Oh, it's a, thank you it's, very it's much. It's a delight. And there is more just ahead, my friends.